This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello and welcome to the Love strangers a swindon town fan podcast with me rich pullen proudly sponsored by the stfc official supporters club rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a shot This is a pleasant surprise. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast because I know you're quite in demand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a pleasure. It's my pleasure to come on and uh, speak to you. Yeah, this ends about six months of people asking me get Grant on, and now it's finally happened. But most crucially of all, I do hope that you and your family are all well during this lockdown. Uh, yes, thank you. They're all well. Everyone's. Uh... <laughs> distancing social distancing very well hope you and your family are well too they are most definitely thank you okay so we'll kick off with a little bit of early stuff paul maslin asks what have you been up to in your spare time during all of this Ta, no spare time when you've got a little little two-year-old running rings around you in the garden in the swimming pool on the slide on the swing so that's that's my spare time is waking up at god knows time six thirty-seven o'clock till eight o'clock might get to watch Netflix for about an hour then go to sleep again. <laughs> what are we watching? Uh, how to get away with a murder, but obviously I'm not trying to do that, but just it's a very interesting very interesting series. Yeah, well well looking at your career, you haven't got away with murder on the pitch that much because there's a lot of red and yellow in there, isn't there? Yeah, not not this year though, no red, no? so I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> okay, so 
we go right from the start and we'll start before my normal question because Jack Tanner says, what's the story behind the several middle names that you have? <laughs> uh, no, obviously my parents uh, wanted to name me a few things. So it could have been loads of different names and then they were, I wouldn't say arguing, they were debating what to call me. So then there was a lot of disagreement on certain names and then obviously Anthony popped up but then all the other names they thought of, they thought, let's just put them in the middle. And obviously it's Anthony, Paul, Sean, Andrew, my mum's my maiden name, Dore, Grant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, well, a, lot, a lot of people pick up on that and say, they say it's an alphabet, it's a handful. Obviously when I go to the bank, they ask for all my names, it's like, can't do fraud on your account because a lot of people <laughs> forget their names. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. I hope that answers your question, Jack. So, I mean, do you find it weird that we know so much personal information about footballers? Like, we know your full name, your date of birth, where you were born. That's a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But then, obviously, fans want an insight to their player. So, if Ian Wright's my favourite player, I can go look him up, <laughs> see where he's been born, what his life was like, and just get a history a bit about him. Is your is your Wikipedia page accurate? Have you ever found some rumours online about you or any statements online about you that aren't true? Oh, yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's part and parcel of being a footballer. Some people like you, some people don't. I'm not going to get beat up about my Wikipedia. Like, it's Wikipedia. You can edit it yourself if you really want to, but I can't remember the last, check, last time I checked my Wikipedia. I'm not really asked if I'm honest about it. <laughs> okay, then, so let's talk football. So right at the start, then... When you were growing up, who was your favourite team and who were your childhood heroes? Uh, my mum was an Arsenal fan, so uh, I would have to say Arsenal. I don't support anyone. I like Chelsea because that's where I come through and I like Arsenal because my mum's an Arsenal fan. But childhood heroes growing up would have to be Ian Wright because obviously he's from South East London. So obviously everyone wanted to be Ian Wright when he was younger and everyone looked up to him. Oh, it's so nice talking to someone after a, I've had a quite a spell of people who were born in the 90s and when they say who their childhood heroes are, some of them are still playing and that makes me feel ill, but it's nice to have somebody name a player who is somebody that, you know, I'm 36, so was an absolute superstar when when I was growing up. A superstar who, from that great mid-90s era when they were releasing their own songs, did you ever fancy that? Nah, nah, nah. There's there's a few boys in our team that would fancy that, but not me. <laughs> Kane, probably Kane Willery. He loves he loves a song and dance. Keshi, Jerry Yates, little bit of a boy band them lot. So, what were your early memories of playing football when you were younger? Was it a case that you were straight into junior football? Was it a case that you were playing just with your mates? What? Uh, I was just playing for my uh, local church team. If I'm honest, used to go to like train every Saturday, play tournaments on Sunday, like around London. And then literally was playing tournaments everywhere, going out to Belgium, Holland, everywhere. And there's just loads of scouts there. And Chelsea came to one Saturday and said, oh, we like the look of him. And literally the week later, there was like 26 teams there. Like just Arsenal, Fulham, United, Chelsea, just everyone. And then obviously they all like bought their papers there to sign me. And obviously because Chelsea came last week, I thought, oh, let me go with Chelsea because they showed more interest. And that was it, really. Wow. And how old were you at that point? 
Seven, seven, eight. That's quite a decision to make at seven, eight. Just relaxed. Look yeah. at Chelsea. It was just one of them, innit? You know what I mean? I was, they, were, <laughs> they were training in South London and I was from South London. It was just an academy and you just thought, academy, Chelsea, it's just football, you know what I mean? When you're young, you don't realise what you get yourself into. A lot of people think it's easy, but it's not easy, believe me. When, when you say that people find it easy, and I, I, to be honest, I've said this a few times to some of your teammates where... You know, the transition from playing for your church side or your junior side all the way to whoever you end up playing for academy level, they always make it sound so easy, which is perhaps why football fans think it's easy. Um, what were the sacrifices that you had to make at that young age in order to sort of progress within the Chelsea setup? Leaving school early, uh, sometimes missing school and having to make up for sessions I missed at school. Like getting home late, and then obviously your parents sacrifice. Your parents sacrifice a lot. That's that's one of the main things. And obviously, the older you get, the more you realise how important your parents are and what they do for you. Because some people obviously don't understand that and take their parents for granted and just think they're there just to lay down the law. But they're there to help because obviously they've seen a lot through their lifetime. Mm. And I just think personally, you should listen to them more. And just sacrifices about like even when you're injured getting to places on time just it is hard it is hard and just to keep focused and obviously when you're not driving to get on the train to get there on time to make sure you get the right train obviously going out by yourself like this day and age going out by yourself now you don't know what's gonna happen but back then I was what getting on the train at like 10 11 just going to training and then going home and just by myself sometimes just feeling it's crazy I think I even did that. So Chelsea, when you sign for them, they're normal Chelsea. They're not the sort of mega Chelsea that we all know now. What What are your memories of the early setup? What was the standard like? What were those memories of, of Chelsea when you first sort of emerged in there? Because you're so young and that's such a young age to be in an academy. What, what do they do? Uh, they just make it fun, really. And... All related, so everything's like obviously they had no training kit back then, so you was coming in your own, your own gear. So basically, your own t-shirt, your own shorts, your own tracksuit bottoms, your own socks. Everyone's wearing different colours, so everyone's got to wear bibs. So just made it ball related, like getting a feeling of the ball with your left foot, right foot, and just enjoying it basically, and it's everyone having fun. That's the best thing is just to make. The worst thing you can do is get angry over football. You just got to go out and enjoy it and make the most of it. Yeah. And who were your coaches throughout that time before you made it into like the under 18s? Who who was who provided your football education? Uh, Ted Dell, Jason Dell, they're the ones that started running the David Beckham Academy. You had Franco Byron that's still at Chelsea. Uh, Jerry still at Chelsea. A lot of them are still there, but it's, it's, it's very surprising that they're still there and still going strong. To be fair, Joe Edwards is now uh, assistant manager at Chelsea. He was he played alongside me. So obviously he he didn't get a pro and then he became a coach at Chelsea and he's made his way to the top and he's now he's a, a front Lampard's left hand right hand man. Mm, yeah, and who else did you go through the younger part of Chelsea with? Did any of the others make it in the game in any way? A lot. The thing is with, with Chelsea, there's a lot of players playing up. So then like you had the likes of like Scott Sinclair playing up, Ryan Bertram playing up because all these players. Everyone's good enough to play up, but it's like, and then obviously you just, 
if there's someone younger than you, better than you, then obviously you're getting shifted out and other players are getting brought in. So not a, some, everyone thinks they make it. It's, it's very hard and obviously there's a squad of, what, 22? Out of that, maybe two or three might make it. Mm. It's a very thin line, I would say. Yeah. I, I always, as a fan, I interpret made it once you've played over a hundred times, which I said to uh, which I said to Jerry, who um, when he was on the other week, if you've made it played over a hundred times in professional football, that you can go and. I mean, I'd be proud with two appearances, to be honest, but but I think that's the one. And well, yourself over five hundred in the league alone, so yeah, not too bad, eh? No, I don't count. I just go out there and just enjoy it, to be fair. Lost count after the first two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that first one is, you know, in in terms of how long you played, it's not long, but it's, a, it's an important one. I mean, when we think of the amount of Chelsea youngsters who get so close or they don't make it, and you did start to make it within the first team setup. You you play at the end of a title winning season at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's an injury time, but that doesn't matter because you made it. That that must have been, you know, a hugely significant moment. I mean, I already get the impression that you're a very modest guy, and you're like, ah, I just went out there and and it worked. <laughs> but and, and I don't really want that to be your response. But you know. You must look back at that and go, do you know what? At a time when they were just throwing money about, I was the young player that got those minutes. To be fair, there's, there is a story behind this because I signed, signed my papers, two-year two year YT, whatever it was, and first year, done okay. And But then I went and got injured, but for first time I've ever been injured, I just thought I was hard as nails. I'll be all right. Don't need to go and see the physio. So then woke up the next day, ankle was swollen. I said, nah, just put a bit of ice on it. I can go and, go and train Monday morning. But if you're injured, you've got to go in on Sunday, obviously. So didn't go in. Came in Monday injured. They were fuming with me. So said I'm going to be fined two weeks wages, whatever it was. Uh, said I'll never pay for Chelsea ever again. So I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. Just what am I going to do from here? So then I got myself fit. I weren't even fit. I was supposed to be out for like six weeks, seven weeks, and just doing rehab and stuff. And Steve Clark comes up to me and goes, are you fit? And I was like, well, no, I'm still like three weeks away from being fit. And he was like, well, basically, if you don't play this weekend, we're just going to release you. I was like, huh? I said, I'm not fit. He goes, well, that's what's happening. So I thought, all right. Then at the time, I was like size seven and a half, I had to wear size nine boots because I had to put a strap around my ankle. It was so big. Uh, played against Sebastian Larson at Arsenal. Played well. We ended up winning 3-1. Then uh, next thing, Brendan Rodgers come in and uh, he took one training session and I think the score was like 12-2 to us. I literally took the mick and he pulled me, pulled me after the session and was like, I'm going to get you over to the reserve team. And I'll get you over to the first team in a space of six months. So I've gone from being told that I'll never uh, never pay for Chelsea ever again, being released, to Brendan coming in and telling me that. So I'm thinking, who's this guy to tell me this? Like, I know I know I'm a good player, but look at all these superstars. There's no way I'm going to be over there. So then playing, 
under nineties, under eighteens football, whatever it was back then, uh, playing well. And then they had no no midfielders for the reserve team. So the reserve team manager was like, Oh, who should I pick? So Brendan's gone, pick Granny. He's like, No, no, I don't think he's ready. So uh, I ended up getting picked for that game, got mad at a match, and then Jose was there. He was like very impressed. And then uh, carried on, carried on, carried on training, like playing for the reserves now, playing playing well, playing well. And then uh, I was at home and I started getting like loads of notifications and loads of phone calls. I was thinking, what's going on? So around December time, it come out that I got a squad number. I was like, huh? What am getting a squad number for? I didn't, didn't know what's was getting. Number 42. Thinking, what's going on there? Then next thing, training with the first team. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, Brendan's coming. Obviously, it's not Bre- it is Brendan, but it's still down to me. But what he said has happened. I'm thinking, this is crazy. I've gone from in the space of like a few months, I've gone from nearly being released, never playing for Chelsea again, to being in the reserves, to now training with the first team. So they're obviously the first team are high on whatever they're winning game after game after game. So atmospheres, just how you expect the atmosphere to be. Everyone's just coming in, joking, laughing around. And then uh, Mourinho says, you're in the squad for the for the FA Cup game. First team squad, I'm thinking. Yeah, so gone to the list, looking down the list, not seeing my name, get to the bottom, says Grant, I'm thinking, oh. So then, uh, obviously, what happened next... I wasn't even driving at this time. What was I, 16, 17? I'm thinking, what's going on? So I literally weren't no Uber back then. There was black taxis. I was I went on a lot of money. So I thought I'd get the train. Had to be there at like 1 o'clock. Ended up getting there at 11. And Sack like, Mourinho was like, what are you doing here? I was like, didn't want to be late. Because obviously I was young, didn't want to be late. Just thought I'd get there early. He was just like to me. Uh, you'll come on, you'll play half an hour. So this this is in the FA Cup against Scunthorpe, where I thought, oh, I'm going to make my debut. I've got over 50 tickets, got my whole family, everyone from South London there. And then he said, it's going to be an easy game against Scunthorpe. We'll just batter them. You'll come on the last half an hour. you pop, 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 come on. Then you come and play for me for the next 15 years. Oof, this sounds like a great lifestyle, the way this geezer's this <laughs> talking to me. So then... Uh, Scumfort score first. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Then, like, Chelsea is struggling. I'm thinking, I'm not going to come on here. Ends up going to 1-0. Then Scumfort hit a post. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Then Chelsea go 2-1. I'm thinking, oh, I might get a chance here. And then Scumfort hit the bar. I said, oh, I'm not coming on. So he sent me out to warm up at 2-1. I thought, yeah, I'm going to be coming on with, like, 20 minutes to go. And then Scumfort, like, the ball gets clear off the line. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Sends out Arjun Robin. Arjun Robin comes up to me and goes, Granny, it's between me and you who's coming on. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not coming on. You're Arjun Robin. <laughs> it's just, it's unthinkable. So then it's still close. He calls back Arjun Robin. He comes on literally four seconds after he comes on, Chelsea score. Yeah. So that was, that was the end of it. They made three subs. I thought, ah, oh, it's not bad. Whatever. That move on to the next one. Got on the train home. All the Chelsea fans are looking at me. I've just I've just been on the bench warming up alongside. I'm thinking, I swear this kid was just on the bench. So gone back to training, 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 training. Started like training with the first team, and then 
uh, looked at the squad list again. Seen Man United away. Seen Guan. I'm thinking, whoa, like, fear of dreams. So obviously, I don't think I'm going to get on again. Like, obviously, it's just happened. Didn't get on against Scunthorpe. I'm not going to get on, get on against uh, Man United. So then Thiago scores a worldie. Drew Johnson scores and somebody else scores. Or Joe Cole Lampard or something. And it's 3 1. So I'm thinking, 80 minutes, 3 1. Might get a chance here. Then he's turned around and gone, go warm up. Whoa. Literally, the stadium was just ridiculous. And then, uh, I don't know who was ne- next to me. He was like, ah, oh, Jose's calling you. Jose's calling you. I'm like, me? Literally, I nearly pulled my hamstring running back. <laughs> so I've literally took off all my stuff. And uh, Joe Cole's coming off. And literally, he's just talking to me, telling me to relax, go out and enjoy it. He's smiling at me. I'm smiling at him. And all I remember is just like, big Cheshire smile, forgetting that the game's even on TV and there's all these fans. I think I'm just like it with all my friends back home, just smiling. <laughs> and it's just like, obviously, it's the best feeling ever because all the hard work that I've put into, no matter if it was two seconds, all the hard work that I've gone from 7-8 to 17, it was justified by how many minutes it was or whatever it was. It was justified that whatever I'd done, I deserved it. So no one could ever say I didn't deserve it because if they knew the whole story, what I'd actually been through when before Jose was there, Wiley was there, Brendan, Steve Clark, I deserved what I got. And that's what I got. I got my reward for working hard, coming into training and being the best of what I could be at the time. Yeah. And where is that shirt now? Ah, it's, uh, it's at my mum's. It's at my mum's. <laughs> um, it's just like, if, if you're going to if you're gonna play a couple of minutes, I mean, when you look at the two squads that day and who was on that pitch when you were playing, it's just, just Hall of Fame after Hall of Famer in Premier League terms, isn't it? It's when, it's when people ask the question, who's your played with 11 or played against 11? And I'm like... <sighs> And then I put up a team one time and everyone says, what a team that is. I said, what am I supposed to pick? It's, it's one of the hardest decisions to make. And it was like, it was what, two, three, four minutes, whatever it was. But it's like Roy Keane was on the pitch and he was still intimidating. Like he asked me for the ball back and I was like, obviously a young 17-year-old, mouthy. I was like, who are you talking to? And he was like to me, if you talk to me like again, I'll break your legs. And I'm like, look round. Just threw in the ball and ran away. Like I, was, like I was outside or something, like my local area. <laughs> I I know uh, Michael Doughty's in that 11. Don't worry. I know he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, during this time as well, I mean, you, you, you're playing for England at various youth levels. And, you know, I'm going to ask you where your caps are because, I mean, you get all the way up to, I think it's under 19s, isn't it? And it's such... It's so interesting looking at the lineups for those squads because for every Joe Hart and Theo Walcott and like Mark Noble who played a lot of Premier League football, there's these Gavin Rotheries and Nathan Ashtons and Levi Porters. And it's just, I find it really interesting. And it's like you say, like, you're not there yet. You know, you can play for England, you can play in these elite academies, but even at 19 or 18, there's still so much to do and to to earn before you can say I'm a pro footballer. Yeah, things things have changed massively. 
So I know what you mean by that, but things have changed where like people playing five games and getting a ridiculous amount of money and five year contracts. Like that that won't what happened what, ten years ago now would never be happening now. That was still going on. No one would be getting five year contracts, hundred and fifty, two hundred grand a week. It'd still probably be Sir Alex Ferguson, the way he used to treat his United players and give them not much money and they got to earn that deal, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's just what I'm saying. It's, it's hard to stay in football because obviously that team that you're talking about, Mark Noble, he was a number 10 in our team. Then you had Theo Walcott that got called up about three, four age groups to come and play with us. We had Michael Richards, Joe Hart, uh, Nathan Dyer. The team was The team was very, very good, to be fair, but obviously everyone went on to different paths. Yeah. Not everyone's going to make it. And some people have injuries. Some people just fall out of the game. Everyone's just got a different path. Absolutely. Before we leave Chelsea, a question from Joe here. What were your experiences with Jose Mourinho, uh, at positive and negative? There wasn't no negative. Not one negative thing. Obviously, you see him now. He's a totally different. He's totally different to what he was at Chelsea. Like, there's not one negative thing I could say about him. Not just because he gave me my debut. Man management, everything with every player. You could see every player wanted to work for him. So if you work for the manager and you use your own ability within that, you're getting twice the player. So you get someone that works hard for themselves on the pitch and for the manager. So that's why they, the whole team won everything. There was no, no big egos. Everyone got along with each other. And that's why they got back-to-back titles. Yeah. Who... Did you look up to the most when you were at Chelsea? Uh, to be fair, Lamps, Joe Cole and uh, McAuley and Glenn Johnson took me under their wing. And then you had the Portuguese, uh, Ricardo Cavalho, Ferreira and Thiago that loved me as well. So they just, they all just looked after me. And then like, say if we went on tour or anything, I'll be in Joe Cole's room or getting Johnson's room, just playing PlayStation or something like that. So they, they, they're all very, as I'm saying, everyone forgets footballers are just normal human beings and they're just normal people at the end of the day. Kerr had made the run ahead of him. This is White. He's lost the marking. Now Mark! do go through a couple of loan spells while you're at Chelsea the first one being Oldham Athletic where Connor Garrett's got a question straight off the bat what was it like working with Richie Wellens as a teammate I mean you only played twice alongside him but I suppose position wise you you worked quite extensively during that month or so yeah he he'd always he always say to the players I used to bully Grant he used to run rings around him but he knows how it was he couldn't get near me. No, he, he was a good teammate. He's a good teammate. Very, very good footballer, as he is now. But obviously, he's a lot older than he was back then. He joined in training now and again. You can still see the quality he has. So, you can only imagine what he was like when he was younger. So, uh, no, he's a very, very good footballer. And he was an OK teammate. <laughs> I mean, you only play a couple of times at Oldham. And then that season, as far as senior football's concerned, that's, that's all we see. The next year, I mean... 
this is, oh, I think, yeah, I mean, at this stage, this is one of the moves where I know, I begin to know who Anthony Grant is. And I was surprised that you're only there for a season, but you have a season on loan at Wickham. And, I mean, I think I remember it because you had, like, I think, was it back-to-back red cards? Or, but there were a lot of, a uh, lot of, you, you became like a, a feisty lower league prospect, even though you were on loan from Chelsea. But that's where you, you really began to stand out, I think, for lower league football fans. Yeah, it was an occasion where I went out on loan and Paul Lambert's brought me in his office and he said, why aren't you playing for Chelsea's first team? And I was like, well, they've got Makalele, Essien and Lampard. Like, I'm not going to dislodge them. And then they had Thiago and then you had a Portuguese player. Then basically you had me. So there's no way I was ever going to play. It's like, well, he goes, no matter what happens, you're going to play every week here. I was like, all right, okay. So then playing there week in, week out, and uh, picked up a booking against Notts County away. And then the second one, uh, somebody else has tackled him, and then like he's falling into me. He's right in front of the dugout and got sent off, and manager said, oh, don't worry about it. It's part and parcel of football. Whatever. So I served the one game ban, came back, literally got booked 35th minute, got booked 37th minute, sent off. And I was just thinking, oh my God. And we ended up winning the game, but it wasn't the point. Just like, just been sent off, come back, just been sent off, come back, missed the game. And we had Fulham away. I'm just thinking, I'm never going to get back in the team now. And to be fair, he was uh, very. He honoured to his word, to be fair, because I was straight back in the team and played every single game. And we won at Fulham away in the Carling Cup. We ended up getting to the semi-final of the Carling Cup against Chelsea. But, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good loan. And I learned a lot from that, to be fair. Yeah, Paul Lambert, I think a lot of people forget how much of a prospect he was when he was at Wickham and then the moves that he had before that. I mean, huge experience. I mean, the guy won the Champions League, for God's sake. Yeah, a lot of people forget that he's won the Champions League because obviously some people don't know about Paul Lambert, but obviously at Borussia Dortmund he was a very good player and obviously his knowledge is only going to better people. The loan spells at Oldham, Wickham and Luton, they're very varied, aren't they? Because you have that great, long, productive season with Wickham and then I guess from an outsider looking in, Oldham, Oldham is like your first steps in, in Football League and Luton, for whatever reason, doesn't look out. But if I remember that Luton era was a bit of a mess um, yeah. Yeah. yeah they were in administration so literally I went to go and play and they went, they went into administration so they couldn't pay my wages so I had to go back to Chelsea and then they had to sell all their assets like uh, yeah. Dave Edwards Calvin Andrews David Bell they just had to sell everyone and that's why they just plummeted down the leagues yeah they're sort of gambling with like young footballers' futures, really, at that point. Because a couple of seasons before, you're close to the Chelsea setup, And then, you know, when a loan spell doesn't go to plan, it could put you back six months to a year, can't it? Yeah, it definitely can. But that's part of learning about football, like what direction you want to go in, what mistakes you won't make again going forward. Yeah. It's just, that's just football. Football's different. That's one word to describe it. Very different. <laughs> well, it, it results in your loan spell at Southend, where that is where you have the the majority of your career is played at Southend, or at least the longest part of it. And it's Steve Tilson that takes you there. 
what were your memories early on? Because I remember that South End side, they just, I think they just got relegated from championship level. And for the first two seasons that you're there, definitely the first full season, South End are a proper nuisance. And they're this small side, but Tilson really got a note out of you guys, didn't he? Yeah, no, we was a good side. We had a very good side where uh, Lee Barnard obviously came from Tottenham. Uh, he scored like a ridiculous amount of goals before January. He ended up going to Southampton. Sam Francis at right back. We just had a lot of good players, to be fair. And obviously, just uh, what happened in the playoffs? We lost in the playoffs in one. Uh, the first time, the first year I went there, lost in the playoffs that year. So it was it was a club that was floating in between like League One and the playoffs to go into the Championship, and then obviously that's another team that nearly got administration and ended up not playing players on time, and obviously that's only going to fall one way because players are not getting paid for three months. They're going to take up their option to leave on a free and you're going to end up getting relegated. And that's what happened. <laughs> it certainly is. What was it like going back to Chelsea with Southend in the Cup and getting that late draw? No, it was very good. It was very good because obviously see everyone that I knew and uh, to play them, it was just weird. It was weird because obviously didn't want to do too much damage to some of them. <laughs> I ended up doing that, but it's not what I intended to do. But... Yeah, no, it was good. Obviously, you got a draw away at Chelsea and then took him back to our place. And then, who's in goal? Mildenhall. <laughs> Big old Mildenhall. <laughs> Less I say about him, the better. Oh, we're going to talk about him, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, then we got, I think we got battered 4-1 in the end, but we should have been 2-0 up at half-time and they would have come out not as eager as it was because we ended up going in one or at half time. Who did you damage? Oh, Joe Cole, and he was never the same again. Oh. And obviously, he looked after me. He was a good friend, and uh, when he played against Coventry, he spoke to him and just was caught up a bit. But obviously, I won the ball, and his knee got stuck in the ground. And obviously, wasn't the same player as, as he was. But he was a, he was a, probably top five English talents to come out of England because some of the things he did with a football was just you think. How have you even done that? Just absolute worldy. Careers are ended. Careers are taken back because of long injuries and they're never the same again. By hundreds of tackles every year that aren't malicious, they're not dangerous. It's just the studs get caught, something just goes. If you are the person that is involved in that that doesn't get injured, how long well, how long does it stay in the forefront of your mind? Or is it easy to sort of move on because that is it's just part of the game it's part of the game but obviously Joe Cole was a friend so that was it's not what I, what I want I don't want to do it to anyone but obviously he was a lot closer to me than people I haven't hurt a lot of people by the way <laughs> just saying <laughs> but, uh, yeah but it's just not it's not nice to see somebody hold off injured obviously yeah yeah, the, the reason I ask is because it's not because that you're a dirty player. It's just it's just something that just popped up where I think it's you know you guys have to mentally recover from that. Nobody wants to injure a fellow, a fellow professional unless oh, no. unless they're doing something untoward. But yeah, men- mentally, I get over it quick. It's, it's part and parcel of football. Like things happen. Yeah, just got to move on from and go forward. Really. So so when you joined Swindon and you saw that Steve Mildenhall was the goalkeeper coach. Was your reaction, oh, for goodness sake? So I've walked into the training ground 
gone through the door, said to the boys, no, it was morning to the boys, literally just said, uh, do you know where the gaffer is, please? And I think one of the boys just pointed in that door, so I knocked on the door, said, come in. I'm seeing big seven-foot giant just sitting there, milding hall, and I was just like, oh, God, didn't know you was there. <laughs> yeah. and then, obviously, now, nah, obviously we're good friends in that, but, yeah, nah, it's good to see him, and obviously Gaffer's got a good uh, management staff behind him. Yeah. I mean, on the goalkeeper front, I had a question from a Reese Evans, a Reese <laughs> a, a Evans who says, ask him about the time he pushed the South End fitness coach in the outdoor pool at David Lloyd's. Not a happy bunny. Care to explain yourself? Oh, God. Reese Evans, what a guy. Uh, yeah, it's literally, I think it was a warm down or just a session. Obviously, it's a hot, hot day. Why is a banner? Everyone likes a bit of banner. No one likes to take things seriously. And I was just seeing if he had his phone on him because obviously I didn't want to push him in the pool if he had his phone on him. So then I think one of the other staff said to him, oh, can I use your phone? So he's giving him the phone. And literally, I, I don't know if I rugby tackled him in or pushed him in. Yeah, no. Yeah, rugby tackled him in. And obviously, his reaction, first of all, was angry. So he's gone to like punch me underneath water. But, <laughs> As I'm underneath water and I'm looking at him, I'm just laughing because I find it funny. And then, like, obviously he's restraining himself and, like, he was fuming. All the boys were laughing, but he was literally just fuming. And then, like, for a few days, he was just, like, still angry. But then he calmed down and was like, oh, yeah. He, thought, he saw the funny side of it. But at the time, he was it was funny. And obviously, <laughs> Reese was laughing as well. Well, it's obviously stayed with him all these years. Your final two seasons at Southend, you're managed by Paul Sturrock, who, of course, is a former Swindon manager. Loads of interesting stories about Paul from his time at Swindon. What were your memories of him working at Southend? <laughs> Where do I start? What a guy. What a guy. I personally think he's a very good manager. And... Uh... He's very lucky not to do better with a team that he had at South End. And I like playing underneath him. And it was a very good season underneath him, I think, personally. Mm. But I haven't got a bad word to say about him neither. Was he doing the uh, was he doing the, the betting at, before the game, tell, telling me how many thought the score going to be and things like that, like he was at Swindon? Oh, yeah. He, he thought he could predict a few things. And to be fair, some of them come up Trump and then you just look at him and think, how have you done that? <laughs> don't worry, it's, it's, it's all up in the head, Granny. It's all up in the head, Granny. Way off it, yeah. yeah. Just to make that clear, that's just a not official betting. It's just a bit of light-hearted fun in the changing rooms, isn't it? But was his uh, was his office tangerine? No, it wasn't. It oh, was wow. It wasn't. He was at Swindon because he's a big Dundee United. Obviously, he's a Dundee United legend and and a fan. He he painted the. Uh, the, the manager's uh, office at Swindon Tangerine during his time there. Funny guy, funny guy. <laughs> and of course, Blair would have been there as well. <sighs> Which one's not with that guy? Hey, wherever you want. He thinks, he thinks he's actually in Star Wars. <laughs> he actually thinks he's, in a real, he's, he's a real Jedi. Nah, <laughs> he, he's funny, he's funny, but it's just, I can think you're actually a real Jedi and you actually like Star Wars and that. He's just way off it as well. Funny character, that guy. Blair Starrick, what a guy. Yeah, I think he's in Canada now teaching. What, teaching Star Wars? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Still lit, how about Kerr? Oh, slipped by Hazard. Well, finished the pass, wasn't that good enough. Summerby. Good strike. Oh, oh fabulous goal. 
listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. You played against Swindon a lot. Do you realise that? Yeah, no, I do realise. I've got pictures. I've got loads of pictures just like on my archive. I literally looked through them about two weeks ago and literally just saw loads of pictures against players that I didn't even realise that I played against. I think, wow. Who are we talking? What, from Swindon? Anywhere, really. I was talking Simon Ferry. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Rizzo. Yeah. Centre back. Who else was on there? Matt Ritchie. I think your old pal Adam McCormack would have been there as well. Oh, good player, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good guy as well, Macar. We made him play centre back as well. <laughs> <laughs> must be a thing at Swindon. It must be. Just quickly looking up, losing a. Using Rich Banyard's fantastic archive website, you played against Swindon what, nineteen times. Um, oh. You lost the majority, though. I will say. Oh no, I'm not going to lie. Coming to Swindon, nobody wanted to come to Swindon. Everyone, and especially if it was a hot day at the county ground, no one wanted to come to Swindon. Like some people would think we've lost ready before we've come. So imagine that's their mentality, and I'm here thinking. Okay, let, we're going to win every. I'm going into every game thinking we're going to win. Yeah. But people thinking, come off the bus, we're answering them. They, we're going to get popped. There's no point in turning up. Music so I'm not surprised. Me. Not surprised that I lost more than I won. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it's just. I remember there was a couple of absolute Tonkins in there. Maybe Stevenage and the Crew years as well, where we the Crew one was like four nil, five nil. Yeah, looking at this Crew lot, thinking. Nah, my head's flying here. And then there's a free kick at the end, and it's made it like 4 or 5 nil. I've It's just gone over the wall. I've looked at it, but I can in there. And it was a hot day. I was thinking, I need to go home. <laughs> I need the breath to blow the whistle before it gets to 6, 7, 8, because this is embarrassing. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point, because I've, I don't ask this question usually, but when you are like in a team and it's just not happening, regardless to who you're with at this stage... And it's like four, five nil. What goes through your mind as a pro at that point? Do you just like you're just counting down the minutes and hoping that it doesn't get worse, or does it does it fire up? Do you just think oh, I'm going to cynically tackle? You know what goes through your mind? Just protect yourself until the next week. Or if it gets to three nil, I'm thinking okay, just get the next goal. If it gets to four, I'm thinking we can't concede again. If it gets to five, then I'm looking around at my teammates and saying, are we going to do something about this? Because Or say something, because five nil. Nah. It's just, it's, I can't. And there's been a few of them results as well. I've not been happy, believe me. <laughs> that is, I think as a fan, that's five nil is, is where it becomes unacceptable, I think. You know, four nil is like a, common result not a regular one but it, they happen uh, but five onwards is just like oh my goodness but nowadays fans like start wanting refunds and things like that which I think is a bit off but but I think five is the uh, is, is the... Yeah, five is too much yeah too much even when like Brazil lost 7-1 to Germany in the semi-final of a World Cup how <laughs> leave them alone Germany leave them alone just uh... I would, I would, if I was captain of Germany style, when it got to 5 1, I would just say, let's not score too many, no more goals. Well, I think that's what they did, but then Andre, um, that's when Schurler came on, and then he just 
Yeah, <laughs> and then bag one top corner made it six or seven. You know? <laughs> and you know, he looked like he was well happy, and the rest of the team kind of probably had a word in his ear saying, "What did we say at half time, man? Come yeah. on, <laughs> you're not wrong." <laughs> well, after after South Ends, this is where that you're kind of the, the epitome of of a football league player in in the 21st century, in the sense that. You do go from club to club, and I don't like the word journeyman, but this is not a rare thing. You know, players do now get their one or two year deals and they move on to the next one. Not necessarily because you want to move on. It's just because that is nature of the beast. That is the football league nowadays. You have a year at Stevenage, which was in League One. Stevenage at the time of recording looked like they're going back into the into the National League. And then you have two years at Crewe. All of these in League One level. Were you somebody that wanted to have a career like where you were going with with Southend, or is it just it's just one of those things that you went from club to club? No, there was a, obviously when I was at Southend, there was a few things that happened that move wise, and then when I was literally on a verge of a move uh, in January, uh, I rolled my ankle literally before the window opened, so I was injured. And then that fell through. And then just a lot of things have fell through. And it's just part and parcel of football. Like, can't keep going back to that. Can't change anything about it. So, just, that's what it is, you know what I mean? With Crew and then Port Vale, what is is your mentality when you are going out of contract? And I'm not saying this for you particularly. I'm I'm saying this as, as as a pro footballer. Because, again, like I said, all... EFL players go through the career that that you that you've done. I think maybe it's testament to you because you've managed to do it over such a long time, and it's it's worked out really well for you appearances. Why? Because you're not somebody who suffers bad injuries. What I mean, do you like the moving around, or would you have preferred stability? No, I prefer stability, but obviously, some clubs can't offer you that, and some teams their budget might be go down if they don't go up their budget might go down they might be able to afford you so like crew wanted to keep me but they couldn't offer me something that they thought would make me want to stay so they just said there's no point we offering this because you're going to think we're disrespecting you so they said we'd rather just say you can go and then find you like wherever and they said oh i wanted to they come out and said i wanted to move back to london I want to move. I don't I want to go back to London. What am I going back to London for? <laughs> I, I want to just want to go play for a team that plays good football and enjoy my football. And then uh, Port Vale come across and literally said, "Okay, like, would you would would you say no because they're the rivals? So if I'm working at McDonald's and Burger King say McDonald's release me and Burger King say I will give you a contract." I'm going to say no because I worked at McDonald's. It makes no sense. <laughs> oh, so I'll, I won't go work at Burger King. I just won't have a club. And then I won't earn no money. And I'll just sit down there. It makes no sense. So if someone offers me a contract, even if it's your rivals, I'm going to sign it. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. I mean, th- did there, you get there, my- there was interest that year, but it wasn't just Port Vale. But then obviously, it's a top team in Scotland. Obviously, one of the two. And that fell through and then there was another team in London that fell through so then it was just left for Port Bell so 
I went to Port Vale. I'm not going to not sign at Port Vale just because I was at crew. So where am I, where am I going to earn my money from? Because fans don't want me to sign for their rivals. So I signed there and, yeah, the rest is history. Oh, don't join Oxford, please. <laughs> to be fair, I've never, I've never heard, I've not seen it yet, but I've heard the right, this is the craziest rivalry I've ever heard of is Swindon Oxford. <laughs> I've not seen nothing like it. Every time, like, an Oxford player mentions something from the Swindon thread, it seems to come up on my timeline and I read it. It's crazy. I don't even want to go to Oxford. I, just, <laughs> I, I go to Bista and then I go to Bista, do my shopping and get out of it. <laughs> um, no, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm not the, the most tribal football fan, but it is the social media noise that I think annoys me the most. Like, you know, at the time of recording, there's all sorts of stuff happening with Swindon Town promotion and court cases and the such and then when you look through your timeline they're not Swindon fans anymore they're they're rival fans sticking the boot in and things like that aren't they yeah it's, it's like when it's like when Diley went back to Bradford oh, man. <laughs> oh you lot are not getting promoted blah 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 I'm thinking what that's got not this is childish it's childish like I'm sure no disrespect to Diley but Yates and Diley are very good strikers and Yates would have scored scored our goals in the same position. Like we've got players, everyone's everyone's contributed to the season. Like you've got Rob Hunt, you've got Caddis, you've got Ellis, Dion Donahue, Dion Conroy, Keshi, Kane. Everyone's contributed at one point throughout the season. Yeah. So our season didn't depend on Doyle. Our season season depended on the team playing together as a team. Yeah, and that was uh, reflected when Jerry and Owen came back because they didn't score as many as they did before and the others were chipping in with, with more goals, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. If you look at if you look at a winning team that's going for promotion, everyone's got a chip in there and here. And it all adds up at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You've played under a lot of well known football league managers. Do you learn a lot from the different philosophies of managers? Because I don't think you've played for the same manager twice. So you've, you must have picked up quite a lot along the way, good and bad. Yeah, you do. You learn a lot from the good managers and you learn don't learn nothing from the bad managers because they're just bad managers. Obviously, you know who the bad managers are. You don't even need me to say because <laughs> I'm not a manager anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I learned a lot from Grant McCann. Grant McCann's a lot like Richie. Very, 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 very good manager. So... Any footballer that wants free-flowing football, get on the ball, pass, move. As, as Swindon fans say, Wellings ball. That's <laughs> quite funny, that Wellings ball. No, it's, Grant McCann was very enjoyable. Steve Evans, obviously, he's a different approach. He likes to get the ball up to the up to the front man and get it in around there. Some people say it's hoof ball, but it's, a different, it's different, different styles. You know what I mean? And then, obviously, Gary Smith. Another good match. I mean, another good young manager. Probably not as good as McCann and Richie Wellens, but a very good manager. And then Robert Page. So I mean, my, my manager, Richie Wellens, Grant McCann, Robert Page, and Gary Smith. All good man manager. Yeah. And obviously, the best of all of them, Jose. And then obviously Brendan. Man management's one of the biggest things in football. Yeah. I think personally. Are you are you a, a future coach or manager in this game? Mm, it's changed. It's changed the gaffer, and I don't think I could. Boy, nah. I'd have to be like just underneath Honey. So you got the manager, Tommy, Honey, 
and then me, and then Mildy, because Mildy would be below me. A <laughs> uh, question from Sean James saying, in terms of the clubs you played for, where have been your fondest memories? Obviously, memories memories from Chelsea, just like, that's just different. That's just completely out of this world, because being there from such a young age and having to do all the work I've done, that was a very fond memory. And obviously, everyone's seeing it. And then, obviously, representing my country, that was on TV, so then everyone's seeing that. And obviously, this 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 season, the way our teams come together and the the bond that everyone's had and the banter is just, it's different. And obviously, the banner at Peterborough was absolute flames as well. So, you've got two teams there that, if they play football against each other, it will be an entertaining game. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. A lot of football fans sort of look to see how many games you played and they assume if you played 150 games somewhere, that's the place that you enjoyed the most. But you can have like a two-year spell and the dressing room vibe is, is what makes an enjoyable stay for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This, this, this dressing room is way off it. Like, if you came into our dressing room, you would probably think, how are we top of the league? <laughs> how we top of the league like some of the things that you've got Jerry Yates who's just a character you've got Kane Woolery another character and these are big characters then you've got Keshi big character Dean Conroy big character then you've got like Zeki Fryers big character it's just all big characters Izzy Isgrup Izzy big character just like, even though he's small but it's just little things little things he does it's just <laughs> something else so like the boys the boys get on well and that's <laughs> I think that's the main thing. And even when like we lose, win or draw, it's just everyone's got the same mind frame of we want to get promoted. And that starts from the gaffer, obviously. Yeah. Who isn't a character? Who's boring? Who's boring? Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's boring in our team? I'm trying to go through our team. Bender, McCormack, no. Reedy, Caddis, Hunt, no. Wardy, Dion, left back, Ellis. <laughs> Who's boring in our team? <laughs> Not one. Not boring, but don't. I'm trying to think. Who? Everyone's just. You know what? <laughs> you don't find anyone boring. Do you know what? I'm, nah, I can't. I can't say him because he's just quiet. He's just quiet. He's not boring. He's just quiet. You can't be. Can't be boring if you're quiet. Yeah, who's quiet in this yeah. boisterous team? Yeah, he's just come, and I don't want to throw him under the bus. He's he's cool, so that's all right then. That's all right. So I'm saying he's all right. I'll I'll leave him. Fine. If I'm, if I'm here next year, then obviously I have to get into him. But <laughs> nah, who's boring? Nah, no one's boring, you know. So it's Steve Mildenhall. He just gets bullied by Zeki and Dion. Gets <laughs> gets dragged through puddles, pushed over. By Zeki and Dion, they bully him all the time. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So, well, we were we were surprised that we signed Anthony Grant, really, because I mean, a lot has been said about Shrewsbury. It was, you know, productive season for you, but it went wrong. Whatever, it's all out there. So, we're not going to really dwell on that. The one thing that I, I always think of is poor Sidi Sunoco, because Sidi Sunoco signed. And then Anthony Grant became available, and then Richie Wellens, as he said, you know, can't pass on that sort of transfer. And then it was City Sunoco. We hardly knew ye because he didn't get a look in after that. Was that my fault? <laughs> kind of, yeah. 
Nah, Sidi's Sidi's Sidi, Sidi, oh, Sidi's a fuck. That's what I'm saying. That's another character. I forgot about him. He's he's Sidi's a cool guy, but obviously I didn't know who had been here, who hadn't been here. And uh literally just came, got the phone call, whatever, and the rest is history. Yeah, how quick was it? Was it was it just the quick Swindon want you be gone? Or was there a little was there a little bit of interest elsewhere? Uh no, there's interest interest elsewhere, but uh, and even in League One. So I was just like, said to the gaffer, I'll think about it. He's like, he literally said he wanted me. Because I want you to come and do this, that and the other. Uh, you'll come and be the best player in the league by a mile. We'll get promoted. And in my head, I'm thinking, he's telling me I'm going to be the best player in the league and we're going to win the league. He said, it's, it's not going to be as easy as that. So obviously, I'm thinking about it. And he goes, It'll be too easy for you. You'll boss it, and yeah, and then we'll go from there. So then, obviously, he wanted to get me to the end of the season. So he was going back and forth with uh, the other team, and then literally, <laughs> literally uh, got done. But it wasn't as easy as that because I was waiting in. What was I doing? I was waiting in London from two o'clock, and deadline day was finishing at like five o'clock. I was literally at my auntie's in London and then got the phone call to go to the, the office, went to the office in London, uh, needed my driving licence. I don't carry my driving licence on me, needed my passport, they had my passport. If I'd gone home, it was during rush hour, so I couldn't go home. Luckily, my mum, uh, I, I shouldn't even be saying this, I had two driving licences, an old one that she found, sent it over to me, whatever. So that went through. I left to go home. I was actually five minutes from my house, been told there's more paperwork to be signed. It might not go through. So I had to go back, sign the paperwork, and then literally gaffer phoned me and said, oh, it's all been done. I'll see you tomorrow. Wow. Surely, you know, Richie Wellens is selling point. A lot of people have cited, you know, his vision and things like that. But surely every manager who's tried to attract you to a football club, whether they've been successful or not, their goal is to get promoted, right? Yeah, but Gaffer Fomin goes, I don't care what happened at Shrewsbury. And I said, Gaffer, nothing happened at Shrewsbury. This is what I'm saying. Like, if you people don't know the real ins and outs, like, it's, just, it's just hearsay. So if you want to ask me, you can come and ask me. I've got nothing to hide. So uh, Gaffer asks me, Gaffer didn't even ask me, he said, I don't care. I know what a good player you are. I said, Gaffer, I don't care if you don't want to ask me. There's nothing to it. And he was just like, come and be the best player in the league and we'll win the league, you'll boss it. I was just like, okay. And then, yeah, and that's that's how he basically sold it to me. He goes, we've got, we got Dole, he goes, we've got Dole up front, he'll score you 25 goals. We've got Yates, score you 20 goals. And then we've got, obviously, you know, Doughty. I was thinking, Okay, and then I'm seeing Doyle score 25 goals and Yates score goals. Thinking, how does this guy know all this? Yeah, <laughs> Mystic Mystic Wellings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you signed, I mean, you know, I guess people remember you from those teams where Swindon, you know, gave you a Tonkin and things like that, and they think the individual can't play in a successful squad because of what they've seen previously. Some. And you, you've seen a lot of the questions that we got asked for this episode. A lot of people just did. You didn't seem to be on their radar, and 
and I think, and I said this to Rob Hunt as well, like, I think sometimes when someone joins and there's a low expectation, whatever you do after that, which has been very productive and very good, it just works in your favour, doesn't it? It's like everyone, my first game, everyone was like, oh, obviously I, I was unfit because I hadn't played for, that was my first game in four months. I was literally doing no training, doing nothing. Like, supposed to be up at there, but not doing nothing and uh, everyone was like oh you played really well can't wait till he's fully fit blah 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 but in my head I was like if they think in my head I thought I was okay and I knew I was okay but everyone was going wild and I was thinking people are going wild over this performance like wait till I'm fully fit and then because I know what I can do so yeah, late Norton was good. Obviously, it was just good just to be back out there and obviously get the win. It was down to the boys and the whole team. And it was just, it was just nice feeling, obviously, to win in the sun yeah. and playing a good team. Well, that's Thompson again. Oh, Beaker could be in here. But well, what an entrance. That one crept over the line and that seals top spot for Swindon, no doubt. Let's go through the questions here now because we've got loads of questions to get through and my daughter's going to want her tea soon. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's fire through these. So the first one we've got here is Ben Sharp who asks, what's, what's Richie Wellens like to work for? Uh, no, he's a pleasure. I'm not going to lie. He's a pleasure. Obviously, he knows when to moan. He knows when to get like really angry, but he wants us to enjoy it, enjoy it and get on the ball and pass and just express ourselves and I think the whole team started to clue on to that and we expressed ourselves in many a games this season yeah Craig the Pirate asks Craig the Pirate <laughs> the percentage wise how much of you, how much of your game is based on what you learnt at Chelsea uh, everything really because basically there was Makalele and everyone knows that's the Makalele position so when I was at Chelsea I was Baby Macca. So that's what I was called, Baby Macca. And then at England, Baby Macca. So everyone knew that was basically me. So my game is based on Makalele. And then obviously, I look at Yaya Torre. I look at Kante. I look at Fernandinho. And they're the main four players that I base my game on, basically. Sure. James Bleach says, what made you want to stay at Swindon after the initial loan from Shrewsbury ended? Shrewsbury. I think he should ask that. That question, you can answer that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I not? There you go. We'll take that. That's fine. Alex Carter says or asks, have you ever played as a centre-back before joining Swindon? And how did you find playing in that position during the season when required? Easiest day of my life. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, 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 it felt like I was. It felt like I was in Jamaica, having having a tropical sun, just chilling. It's, it's, I'm not gonna lie. Plymouth away was was a good. Twenty minutes was a bit shaky. Obviously, they scored whatever. But after that, I just thought, this is a doddle, man. These all these centre halves that are getting done week in week out and. It's this easy. <laughs> no, no, I played, I played, I played there what, twice, I think, twice or three times. But the worst was when 
I played there and I turned up late because there was a crash. I turned up like 10 minutes before kickoff. So as the boys were going out for the, the game, uh, I literally come through the stadium. They're shaking hands. I'm still in my tracks, getting changed. Walked out on the pitch with no warm-up. Played centre-half and won 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't complain. But I thought you were going to say we lost 5-0, but no, after all that... No, no, no. I ain't, I ain't lost since we played centre-half, so it's not, not too bad of a record. <laughs> Richie's listening to this. Um, Tom, oh, Star, oh. <laughs> Tom Star asks, what is the team atmosphere like in training after a loss compared to a win? Uh, when, oh, so when we eventually drew against Forest Green, obviously it was just weird because obviously we won, 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 won. So it was weird. And then, obviously, we got to Port Vale and we ended eventually lost. But we knew it was a good team. And it was one of them where we're not going to win every single game. We're not going to be Arsenal and be the Invincibles. So there'll be a come occasion where we're going to lose. But it's how we react. And literally, it was in the change room. It was just dead silent. Gaffer just was like, well done to everyone. Like, you're going to lose some dust underneath the carpet it's just an off day and it literally was an off day because Keshi puts that ball in just before half time it doesn't take a bubble we go on to win that game 6-7-1 and then they, they score two goals at, at, not even goals not even real goals if, not even FIFA goals if you, mean, if you hear me but yeah and it's just yeah it's just how you bounce back really and I thought we bounced back well Look, we're at a stage at the moment, again at time of recording, where we, we haven't had the confirmation that Swindon are champions, but it's all looking like we will be. And that'll be your first championship medal, won't it? How much does that mean to you? Oh, no, obviously it, mean, obviously it means a lot because there's times there's times in my career where like, some people don't really care about... They're happy just to finish just outside the playoffs so they can go on holiday. Things like that. No, it's, it's part and parcel of football. Some people just not really interested in winners' medals or anything, or even get promoted. But this team, everyone wanted to get promoted, and obviously finishing first is is a big thing. I think personally, and obviously, if if when I get that medal, I'll be wearing it around Swindon everywhere I go. Yeah. Quite right too. Remo asks, "Are you the EFL Yaya Toure in disguise?" No, I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. If I if I scored more go- if I scored more goals, then obviously I'd be more like Yaya Toure because he's an absolute beast. But obviously, that's what I mean. I try, I try to model my game on the four players that I mentioned before, and obviously, if I get more goals like I did back in the day, then I'll be Yaya. Yaya Junior, but Makalele. STFC Jenko asks, are the Swindon fans the best fans you've played for? Oh. I'm not just going to say away fans, but the away the home fans, I do like it at home, but away fans, the away followings, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Cheltenham away was probably one of the good days. Plymouth away was, felt like I was at Fort Park on a ride. <laughs> Uh, who else? What else was there? there was Salford away it felt crazy. It felt like it was a fireworks show. But now, very good fans, very vocal, and obviously going to be needed next season as well. Once you're allowed back in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Gruber asks, 
who out of the clubs that you've played for, who gives you the most stick when you go back? The thing is, it's stick because they really, really miss me and wish I was still there. So it's not even real stick because it's like when I left Port Vale, I picked up player of the season and then I left Port Vale on deadline day and the next game was against Peterborough. The only reason they booed me is because I left. But three days ago, four days ago, you were cheering me, telling me you're your best player. And because I've left, now you're booing me. So it doesn't matter who gives me sticks. It's just it's nonsense. It goes through one end and the other and I start laughing because then we end up winning anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Some fans get quite creative, though, and it could be quite funny, can't it? Oh, yeah. Very funny, if I'm honest. <laughs> Ducks off the water's back now. Yeah. Um Spencer Twitchin says, just what makes you so good? And Joseph Seymour says, how does it feel to be better than Makaleli and Kante combined? Isn't that nice? Ah, what makes me so good? The team. <laughs> no, it's the team. Because without the team, obviously I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I wouldn't be looking so good. So me putting the ball across the box against Crawley away. If Dole don't put that in the net, I don't look so good. So... It's down to people being in the right positions, obviously me being in the right positions and just helping out my teammates. And the other question, I wish I was... <laughs> if so I was do them, I. So do yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, if I was them combined, I don't know where I'd be. I don't think it would even be a bar if it was them two combined. <laughs> but thank you, thank, you for the, thank you for that anyway. Proud to be a Moonraker asks, does... Anthony realised that he is man of the match in nearly every game he has played this season. Do you ever, as a side, do you ever sort of like when you're sort of in the tail end of a game, it's nice, it's relaxing, we're we're few up or whatever, and the, and they go and the man of the match, Owen Doyle. Do you ever go what? No chance, because you know I I think it's happened a few times this season. Whether you should have got it or one of the other guys should have got it, I always think. You've only picked him because you want him in the corporate. Come on. Uh, not that's for me, but that's how, that's how like the names are read out. Say like if it's my name, oh, Anthony got MOM, and somebody like I say if I go to Zeki, how's he won that? <laughs> and Zeki go ah, don't know, man. Like not Zeki, just as an example, obviously. But it's happened a few times. But obviously, like first game when at home, I played at Macclesfield. And everyone thought I should have got it. And Doyle, I think Doyle got two. And Doyle turned around and goes, to be fair, I shouldn't be up here. Granny deserved it. So, but it doesn't matter who gets MOM. We're all going for the same goal, getting promotion. So, if Yates gets nine bottles of champagne and I get two, I'm not going to be upset that Yates got more MOMs than me. But it's just, sometimes it's a bit of banter, like, with uh, Romani, Edmunds Green, like, goes, oh, Granny, I'm going to get MOM. I said, today guess what I'm going to get away and watch this so I think that was against Port Vale and obviously he played well but he started playing well for maybe 30 minutes on and I, and then obviously when they read my name out I said I told you Reggie he goes how have you got that I said bro you see the first 10 minutes of the game it was quiet and I'd done a bit of skill and that's what lit up the game and he just started laughing so yeah it's a bit of banter here and there but it's not what you're thinking about during the game. No one cares. As long as you win the game, if you get the champagne, I don't drink anyway, so it just sits in the wine cellar. So there is, yeah, there is quite a few, but my mum keeps telling me to stop getting them because it keeps filling up her wine cellar. Yeah. Swimming pool in a wine cellar, not too bad. 
<laughs> Owen Doyle's love child. Owen Doyle's love child asks, as one of the front runners for player of the season, if you don't win it, who do you think should? Uh, uh usually in promotion seasons, the, the the whole team gets it, don't they? And that that we all hide behind that. But I want an individual. Who do you think should have got it over the season? Oh no, the whole team don't deserve it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll be honest, with you. the whole team don't deserve it. Uh, the thing is, for me, I look at contributions throughout the season. I just don't look at. Obviously, Doyle's got all the goals, so everyone says, "Oh, I've been consistent." That's what I look at. I look at myself. So I've been consistent in every game. So I would have to say someone like Robert Hunt. I call him Roberta. Roberta. <laughs> Roberta. How does he feel about that? No, nah, he calls he calls me Tone and he knows I don't like being called Tone. You can't call me Tone or Tony. So it's just a bit of banal me and him. But yeah, <laughs> it's what it is. But yeah, no, uh, Robert, Roberta Hunt's been very good this season. And obviously he's played right back, left back. And his performances. I've been very, very high this right. season. And if he gets it ahead of me or Doyle or whoever, Yates or anyone, it's just congratulations all around because obviously the end goal is not about player of the season. It's about promotion and obviously the whole team's done that. Thomas Ayres says, can you thank Anthony for the passion he has shown at Swindon? I personally don't think a lone player has showed more passion than Grant for a very long time not a lone player anymore um what gave him that passion at swindon i'm a free agent now <laughs> oh, man don't don't oh come on so i mean that, no, we're gonna I, have had, to... I had to i had to uh what are you gonna say sorry oh no you, you let's talk about it so what does the future hold for anthony gran lockdown <laughs> <laughs> No, obviously, obviously, I want to stay at Swindon. End of. That's that's. I don't want to go at this moment of time. I just want to stay at Swindon and sort something out. That's my main aim. So that's me being honest. So the, everyone knows that the chairman, the gaffer, so agent. So we'll, hopefully, it will be sorted and we'll just go from there. Absolutely. Jamie Day asks, who do you get on with the most at Swindon? Being a great group of lads, I can imagine it's quite hard to choose. Yeah, that's that's an impossible question to ask. Like literally impossible because you got Dion Conroy, then you got Roberta Hunt, then you got Fipping Yorkshire Pele, <laughs> you got Keshi Anderson, you got Kane Woolery, who's my roomie, and believe me, I can't believe he's my roomie because I don't get no sleep. It just doesn't stop. He's like he's that Sonic. <laughs> just doesn't stop moving. And then you just got like Doughty. Like you just got like, every, so I mean, like, everyone's cool, man. Like everyone's cool, and then when people need a rollicking, people rollick each other and just don't dwell on it. So everyone's everyone's cool. Tim of the town asks: Has there ever been another midfielder that you have been terrified of that you've played against? Ha! <sighs> ah, that that's that's a silly question. I'm not ter- I'm not even terrified of myself. I'm <laughs> terrified of my own mum. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Roy Keane almost had you though. Nah. I was I was seventeen and young. Now I'm mature. No, you can't let that intimidation get to you because then you cave. Is, is it? Do you do you find it amusing when they try? Yeah, like that. Uh, what's his name at Port Vale? Will Atkinson when he smashed me. Obviously, 
he smashed me, he should have got sent off, whatever. But if I told you what I've been doing to him for the rest of the game since then, like, he's he's turning around to me going, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, why why'd you keep doing this? And I'm literally, I'm just ignoring him. Literally slapping him in his head, punching him in his head, kicking him, kicking him back. Like, he's like, stop. Like, I'm not going to let him get to me. Well, obviously, he's just part of parcel football. The next time he gets the ball, kick him, kick him, till he gets frustrated. Can't get intimidated by people. People think they can wind me up. That's the biggest thing. And people, and the fans, the fans from the sideline think that I've lost my head. It's all just, it's all just play acting. Just. Well, well, well I think you've answered the next two questions because Swindon Sparkle says, "Do you wind opposing players up during matches?" And Adrian K asks, "Which opposition players squealed the loudest when you crunched them?" Oh, ah, the Carlisle McCurdy, Carlisle away. Someone sent me that tackle earlier. To be fair, it's oh, it's not it's not nice. I see that one. It's not nice at all. And he he ended up coming off as well. Oh. And he squealed. Yeah, that was disgusting. And he messaged Hope afterwards as well, and said that forty uh, that Grant. I knew that he was going to smash me. So he, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the one that squealed. And what was the other question? The other question from Swin the Sparkle is: uh, Do you wind up opposing players during matches? Do you start it? No, I don't ever start it. I'm, the thing is, I'm calm. But if you want to start. There's only one way it's going to end and it's not going to be nice. So it's up to you if you want to start. And majority of players accidentally start, don't mean to, but then it's not going to end nice. <laughs> Tyler and Nathan James both had the same question. Why the number 42? But I imagine that's just from the Chelsea days. Yeah, it's from the Chelsea days. But then obviously my nan was born in 1942. So that was a bit of fortunate that uh, they gave me the 42 and my nan was born in 1942. So I've kept it where I can because obviously sometimes you can't be a high number. So hopefully next season, wherever I am, I can still be 42. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to me. Okay, um, Joe Vincent, we're almost there. Joe Vincent asks, from Town's current crop, who would you pick for a five-a-side team? I probably have no keeper. I'll probably have Keshi Anderson, Dion Conroy. That's two. I'm not including myself, am I? No. Oh, that's good then. That means there's room for more. Roberta, Kane Woolery. Ooh, this is a tough one, this one. So I've got my goals and my defence. But then Roberta adds a little bit. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, how could I ever forget? Sorry, sorry, sorry. DJ. Oh, <laughs> DJ. Yeah, it was between DJ and Izzy, but yeah, DJ. DJ gets it. Um, Kevin STFC Foley asks what your favourite flavour of Monster Munch is. <laughs> there's only one flavour. I want to. I, I want him to tweet me what he thinks the other flavours are because there's only one flavour of Monster Munch, and that's pickled onion. Oh, what about roast beef? No, 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 no. I don't mind either. I don't mind either. There's only one flavour. Wow, I think there's two. I think there's two here. Um, standard question from Crispy. It's what's your favourite cheese? Cheddar. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, Martin Peters asks, in a WWE-style Royal Rumble, who would be in the final three and would you back yourself to win the whole thing? So the final three would definitely be me, Kane Woolery, and maybe mm, Tyler Reed. I would say. Yeah. 
But then the only way I'd win it is if I trick Reedy into getting Kane out. And then me versus... And then while we're getting Kane out, I just tip Reedy over and then obviously I win. But then... But nah, there's no way I'm winning because it's Kane's, Kane's too strong. Well, you've just described 25% of all the Royal Rumbles ever, you know. Yeah, but Kane, Kane's like... You try to trick Kane. Like, like Kane Woolery has got a finger. His hands are stronger than some people's biceps. It's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> He's just, he's just, he's a weird individual, that guy. Sidb.stfc <laughs> uh, says, what do you love the most about Swindon? Ha <laughs> ha, the Nandos. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't go, can't, seriously, when I said, what's one thing I said to the gaffer? Is there Nandos in Swindon? He said, yeah. I said, okay, cool, I'll, I'll sign them. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. Can't go anything about Nando's. <laughs> and the final question, very general. What have your what have been your personal highlights this season playing for Swindon? Uh just winning the games and that run. That run like the 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 thing is we started off well even before I came. And when I came, like we done okay, I would say. And then went through a bit of a blip where people were getting injured and wasn't really winning games. And then to go on that run, and then, no, we, we had a meeting. And then I think Doily or French, if someone spoke up and was like, and Gaffer was like, we need to keep doing the right things and what how we know how to play. Don't change our game. So I think Stevenage at home, we were battering them, but we wasn't scoring and kept doing the right things. And then... Doily scored that last minute and from then he's carried on doing the right things and then that moment from there and just like winning all them games on the spin it felt like we were the Invincibles to be fair it's just, like, it was just a great feeling and like after every Saturday or Tuesday going home just felt like you was on cloud nine so feeling on cloud nine was just it's the best feeling ever certainly is and that is it i mean that was very very enjoyable thank you very much for agreeing to take part and we hope to see you next season whenever that may be anthony grant thank you very much yeah thank you thank you very much hopefully see you next season too richie The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork is provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 